Welcome to Exploring the Blank Page, a podcast for readers and writers of young adult fiction. I'm host Emily Hendricks, writer of YA sci-fi and fantasy, and my co-host is Kristen Crum, author of the YA rom-com It Happened at Christmas. The Blank Page is where we all start, published or not, and we're excited to share stories that inspire your writing or influence your next book choice. Now let's get to the episode. guest was born in Southern California, but raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She graduated from the University of Oklahoma with a degree in journalism and professional writing, then promptly moved to Los Angeles, where she spent many years in the world of film development. She began her paid writing career when she took it upon herself to revise some properties in development and ultimately left that side of the film world to pursue writing full-time. In her spare time, she enjoys staring at her fantasy football lineup, hiking, gardening, perusing homes on Zillow, and making some amazingly cool candles that you would totally buy if only she would at last set up that website. We're excited to welcome guest Tracy Andreen. Okay, guys, we have such a fun episode for you today. It's going to be a little bit longer than normal, but it's because Tracy Andreen is hilarious and an epic storyteller. So you're going to... It's just amazing. I had so much fun with this episode. Absolutely. This is Tracy's debut novel. So this is Christmas and it is the cutest little quaint Oklahoma town. I got super excited because as you guys know, I just moved to Oklahoma. Tracy is originally from Oklahoma and it's a small Oklahoma town. And I kind of sort of like nerded out on the fact that it's my new home state, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I had so much fun talking with Tracy, learning about her writing for Hallmark, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know both of us just kind of like fangirled because absolutely it's Hallmark. And she's just, I mean, she's just, a, I'm going to call her like a writing boss. I mean, she's just out there writing screenplays left and right. And now she, yeah. you know, she, well, I won't give anything away because you're going to want to hear her yeah. tell it, but it's really cool how she ended up with this contract for, uh, so this is Christmas and its sequel, which is coming out later next year. I'm really looking forward to that. So grab a cup of your favorite Christmas drink, get cozy and enjoy this episode with Tracy. Tracy, we are so glad that you are joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself and your publishing journey so far? Sure. Um, Myself, me, 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 me. Um, (laughs) I I am a writer. Uh, (laughs) I, I grew up in Oklahoma, always knowing I wanted to come back to California where I was actually born. Um, and then my parents, you know, cruelly took me away. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I always knew I wanted to be in the movie business and write screenplays. My dad was a big movie buff. My mom loved teaching, um, all my brothers and I have three brothers, uh, us, the love of, of reading. And when I turned 16, this is how much I love reading. I I'm a December baby. My mom came home from Christmas shopping and was like, you have a job at a bookstore. And I'm like, I know I was looking. (laughs) They're looking for someone that you're here so much. They figured you might as well be like able to help. So that was like, okay. And that was my first bookstore job. And then I had others through college. I came out here to Los Angeles and started working in film development and sort of got the the lay of the land with, and this will get to publishing, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> the film development world and I'm sort of self-taught. 
in screenplays because taking it back a little bit, I, I got my degree in professional writing from the University of Oklahoma, which was novel based. Mm. And so coming out here, that's when I had to sort of learn script, screenplay writing, the, the rhythms of that. Mm-hmm. And I worked in film development and it was pretty much the, the time killer. So I could, I had to make a decision at a certain point. Was I going to pursue film development or was I going to pursue writing? And I chose mm. writing and then promptly got a job as an assistant at an economic think <laughs> tank. <laughs> Basically, you know, I kept telling him, I don't want a promotion. I just want to be a writer. And after yeah. several years, I'm like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, I really think, I think I'm not sure. Um, and then one day my friend Lee Friedlander called me up and, and said, Hey, do you think you, she'd read some of my screenplays and she said, do you think you could, you know, write a Hallmark movie? And that was around 2012 and mm-hmm. nobody was really watching or very few people were watching Hallmark. It was right before the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I can. And then I promptly went and found them and started watching them. Like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> yes, I can do fencing on a horseback. <laughs> and so fortunately the universe was on my side because it was July and they Hallmark does their Christmas in July. So oh, yeah. I just binged as many of these as I could. Some of them were terrible. Some of them were great to this day. Like um, the most wonderful, I think it's most wonderful time of the year with, yes. uh, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's a great mm-hmm. They just played it the other day, and I'm like, I still love that I movie. I loved it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I watched all those, came up with an idea. Lee and I bandied about this idea. She'd had a producer that she wanted to sort of sell something to as a, as a producer and hopefully as a director. Yada yada yada. <laughs> it became Snow Bright, <laughs> and that was Please. the first one out of the gate. And then from there, I just started writing on Hallmark movies. You know, mm-hmm. I was really fortunate. And after a couple of years, I left the the assistant job because. It was a little too much. And yeah. so I, I just did start working, thankfully, consistently in the, the, the TV movie, the week Hallmark Lifetime. I think I've done one for the Up Network. And in 2019, getting to the publishing side of things, I got an email. I was actually visiting my sister-in-law and brother in Hawaii. I got this email saying, hey, from Penguin Random House, would you be interested in writing a book? And I'm thinking, <laughs> what? <laughs> It does not work that way. Like I have a degree in writing. I pursued, I've tried to write books. I've thought about doing all this stuff before. It seemed sort of this Mount Everest impossible task. So what happened, you know, this just felt like I, I'm not, should I buy a lottery ticket? (laughs) Obviously the answer is yes. 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 (laughs) We had a wonderful uh, phone call with um, Eileen and uh, Claire and all the people at Penguin Random House. And they were like, what would you like to come up, pitch us some ideas? So Mm. that Christmas, Christmas um, holiday, I came up with some ideas for what was originally supposed to be three ideas for a picture book and three ideas for a young adult novel. Mm. And um, the picture book ideas just all bombed. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I was like, oh, okay. um, But then they they really sparked to, Eileen sparked to the um, young adult ideas. And one of them was, so this is Christmas. Mm, mm -hmm. And part of the reason I did that one is because it was the closest to a Hallmark movie that I could get because I was also writing about five screenplays at the same time. And (laughs) I don't have a lot of time, but I am not going to pass this up. (laughs) I'm not going to do something that's going to tax my brain too much. I'm going to just do this. But then I also knew that like my own sort of weird personality would kind of come out in the, in the process. So that's how it started was basically this 
out of the blue, like, boy, I, am I the luckiest person on the planet? That's Although awesome. I would, I would like to say that I spent many years not right getting paid to write. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's why when this happened, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I, I just, I feel like I'm in a dream when I work with Penguin Random House. And I know it sounds like, are you blowing smoke? I'm not. (laughs) They're just wonderful over there. And I'm having such a, I have fewer notes for my 90,000 word novel than I did for the screenplays. (laughs) Like, That is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is so great. I love it. I love it. Well, I had mentioned this, but I am a not closet Hallmark lover (laughs) and my father and I actually are the ones who sit down every Christmas and watch Hallmark movies. Like it's just a thing that we always did. Um, So I guess my question comes in here because we are a podcast for writers and readers of young adult fiction. So there's a nice jumble of listeners there. And um, my question comes back to this blank page idea. We like to talk about how writers go from their blank page to a finished product. And obviously that's a long process, (laughs) but um, yeah, like a really long process, sometimes shorter, (laughs) but mostly long. So what, if anything has changed in your process from going from, I mean, screenplays are much shorter. I have not written one, so I don't know, but I'd assume so. Um, To writing a full novel, did things change? Was it the same? Take us through that. Sure. It's honestly the same process um, in terms of for me, because Mm -hmm. I am writing 24 seven. So for me, I was like, okay, scripts and nope. Oh, going over the novel. Okay. (laughs) Um, But in terms of the actual physical act of writing, the process of, of beating out the, of the, the screenplay versus beating out the novel is moderately different because um, for me, I have to sort of think like, where this isn't something where you plot it by act, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, I think of screenplays almost like a haiku in the sense, like there's a very rigid mm-hmm. uh, parameters that you have to hit. Like you have to hit this page count um, by page 12, you need to have this happen by page 24, this needs to happen, etc., etc. And it's not like that with a novel. There is however, a similarity in terms of the structure, not as rigid, but you do have your beginning, middle, and end. And within each beginning, middle, and end is a beginning, middle, and end. And within each scene in novels, you have a beginning, and middle, and an end. And so you just kind of take the big, the macro, and you break it down to the micro. Um, and it's just more of it with the novel. And what my experience is, the difference and the thing that I love so much about a novel versus a screenplay is I can just go like, for instance, in the middle I had, so this is Christmas beat it out in terms of things I wanted to have happen. And then I got into it and you know, the character started to speak to me and it was like, you know what, that's not actually what we're going to do. So mm-hmm. FYI, <laughs> throw that out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm midway through this, this manuscript and I realized my ending is wrong. And the the beauty of this is, unlike with a screenplay, it's a lot easier to sort of make that adjustment. So I made a, a, a massive adjustment and and was able to go back and do this without completely upending the whole story um, in a way that would is much more difficult. I've had, certainly had situations in um, uh, screenplays where I have thought of what the ending would be and gotten you know, and it's changed along the way, but not it not really quite to this extent mm-hmm. and and it's it's typically it can be very upending in terms of what your yeah. your plan is and then you with screenplays you hand it into the the executives and then <laughs> you get your 13 pages of notes you're like eh, 
that's going to change one way or the other. So, <laughs> whereas with the novel, they're much more, they've been much more respectful about what the, the author's vision is, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, delightful. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant, you know, like as opposed to with screenplays, when the, when the script comes out and you hear criticisms come back to you that say, why did you do that? And you're like, I agree. But you can't I didn't. I'm right with you. Totally by your side. Don't understand why he didn't do this, you know, but so that's, does that answer? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you're also limited by, I mean, the fact that it's not in a negative way, but that it's Hallmark and there's a certain just expectation um, as there is in publishing as well. Like I'll be writing for something that is a little more, uh, I'm going to use the term rigid and I don't mean it negatively. It's just, there's an expectation of readers. And so you have to fit within that. Like a cozy mystery is very different than the young adult stuff that I write. (laughs) So it's like you shift (laughs) brains, you know? (laughs) True. That's one of the things going into, for me, going into young adult was like, oh, it was actually a little freer than writing the hallmark. Like I could use Mm -hmm. profanity in, you know, and I didn't use a lot because I didn't want it to be that kind of book, but you know, I could suddenly say, Hey, wait a minute. And I wasn't as overly concerned with, okay, what is it, you know, is this going to mess up any any sponsors? Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure. That totally makes sense. That, that sort of freedom also came in with the, the novel writing process. Well, on that note, can you tell us a little bit about your book? So this is Christmas. Sure. It's, um, it's a young adult novel about a a young girl named Finley Brown, who's super awkward, but you know, very bright. And she's just turned 16 and she spent the last, when we, when we meet her in the prologue, she's just been like the last six months at this exclusive boarding school in Connecticut, which she'd worked really hard to get into. And uh, because, you know, and she's always sort of prided herself on being um, an academic success and a, a success in the, the scholastic world. She comes to this boarding school and just flops. I mean, she doesn't do well. She's, she doesn't, it's not that she's making Fs, but she's just not, she's not excelling in the way that she's accustomed to doing. And her social life is a disaster. And she just feels like typical 16 year olds, your hormones are raising, raging and you just mm-hmm. don't know, you don't have any answers at all. And so she gets slighted socially and decides, you know what, to heck with this place. I'm going back to my hometown for Christmas. And then that's when really the story begins. So that's sort of sort of the, the build up a little bit. And then she arrives back in her, her hometown of, of Christmas, Oklahoma, which is, you know, the, the play on the, so this is Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the town hometown of, of Christmas, Oklahoma is one of these sort of prototypical small towns that decided to change their name from like Springfield to, to Christmas in a way to try to generate revenue to help buffer the town. Then they had a situation a few years earlier where the, the mayor absconded with all this, the funds and now they're in a complete economic decline <laughs> and the town is just a disaster. <laughs> you know, like it's like the Santa lost, you know, right. and, <laughs> and everything, but everything is still named, you know, Christmas this and that. And so Finley had in her insecurity when she was back at her boarding school been challenged by one of the the queen bees in the social world about being from this podunk town. And so she had talked it up and gone into the, to back herself up, gone into the website to change it, to make it look like just a Hallmark Christmas. (laughs) I loved that. I was like, uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an opening shot of the small town we're like it's magic it <laughs> yeah. you know, and just, so she had put all that in there and talked it up she comes home and what she finds out is nothing that she thought was the same is the same her best friend 
Um, Mia is now dating her ex-boyfriend, Brody. Her parents are separated. Her nemesis from high school, Aisha, is actually working at her grandma, uh, Grandma Joe's Inn. And, you know, which is where Finley is going to be planning to, to work over the holiday. So Finley is just sort of, you know, in a tumult. And then to, on top of this, who should arrive but Arthur <laughs> Chakrabarty Watercress, who is a 70-year-old man <laughs> yeah. from England is half, you know, half white, half uh, uh, Indian. And he's just this, I love this kid, this kid. And he basically is like, put him in a 17 year old's body. And he (laughs) arrives with his aunt, Esha, that he, you know, has kind of talked up this Christmas town to her because they always spend Christmas together. They arrive and it's just not what at all what he thought and he's humiliated in front of his country so he basically comes to to finley and is like you did this you did this i you need to fix this with me in her mind she's thinking you know to heck with you they say it a little little harsher than that yeah. <laughs> um, but uh you know what i'm gonna do this i am gonna help try to fix this situation because I actually like your aunt. Your aunt mm-hmm. seems like a nice person. I'm going to, you, however, eh. <laughs> aunt. and so the, together the two of them, what Finley and Arthur sort of work to create the real Christmas magic. And for, you know, sometimes things work better than others. And along the way, they kind of get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And then there's the reindeer ride. And <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And, and I will say at the end, you're, you were talking about earlier that you're, you're about 60% in, Mm-hmm. The, the, there are some little twists that we, we won't talk about mm-hmm. at the ending that kind of upend Finley's kind of perception of her world. That I'm excited to get there. I would have finished it if I could have, but <laughs> I ran out of time, <laughs> but I am so enjoying it. It's really a fun, fun book. And Arthur is such a fun character. I mean, yeah, he's a little, uh, what, what's the word? Not stodgy, but I, you know, initially he's but I am just like falling in love with him. So I just wanted to like talk about him for a moment, <laughs> like his inspiration. And like, I'm assuming, have you been to England? And like all the questions, all the questions I have. No, I am an Anglophile whose bookshelves are filled with all <laughs> Jane Austen. To, yes. You know, all the books, love it. You know, you go back there and you can see just, you know, <laughs> see what you would expect, at, you know, Anglophile American mm-hmm. nerd have. And I have watched all the, the British TV shows. I'm like, yes. is there a British murder show on? This really obscure, don't care. You know, I, <laughs> I, I got my cup of tea. I've got the whole thing. I've only been to England once and it was only as a, a 36 hour stopover on my way to Africa. And, but I was like, I made the most of what I could in those 36 hours. I was like, you oh, know yeah. what? the red bus, double-decker bus. I am that person. But I was planning on going back to England um, and then the pandemic hit. So <laughs> that's one of my big goals is to go to Bath, to go to just all around mm-hmm. and experience yeah. it. But I grew up also loving, you know, I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan when I was mm-hmm. a kid, just loved him. So I watched a lot of Benny Hill, Monty Python, all that yes. stuff. Arthur, for me, was just there. Like when I first thought about who this character was, I knew he had to be British. I knew that had to happen. And then it was like, as soon as he was British, I knew what his voice was. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was just this, this guy. I don't know. And then, it, then he evolved along the way. And he, so, someone, I think it was Eileen in the, from uh, Penguin, she compared him to um, Mr. Darcy which yes, I, was I, like, see that. I had consciously seen that I was like, right. Oh, he 
kind of is a little Mr. Darcy, socially awkward. What are you talking about? I have feelings. I don't know how to (laughs) process things. (laughs) Doing the robot. This one, it's a series of proofs. So yeah, so Arthur was just a delight to write. Um, and and just having Finley be so frustrated with him, Mm -hmm. like are you you giant weirdo and yeah i have a crush on you this is yes. so not acceptable you know like i'm so mad at myself right now <laughs> i love it you know there's a sequel right um, i saw something on goodreads so i wasn't sure if it was just totally new or what that was going to be right i'm working on it right now it's called so this is love and it's set in um in valentine's day and i won't tell you oh. much yeah but it's it's exploring more of the the finley and arthur dynamic and getting to experience finley's first love true love experience why do, can i use experience one more time let's have a drinking game shall we <laughs> <laughs> we will put up a notice and people could be prepared <laughs> this is why we have re- writing okay (laughs) well I got really excited because I actually just moved to a small town outside of Tulsa Oklahoma get out (laughs) but I was um I saw I noticed that you actually were raised in Oklahoma and in the Tulsa area and and the book is set in Christmas Oklahoma so how did your experience growing up here shape this story Oh, it's it completely shaped it. It's it's that's one of the reasons I wanted to set it in Oklahoma. I knew I wanted it to be in a small town, and most people don't imagine Oklahoma. And when they think of like, I want to go to a Christmas movie, you know, they think or a Christmas story, they think somewhere in New England or Colorado or something like that. But I just well, again, I a lot of it is time. I just wanted to lean into what I knew. Yeah, and I know Oklahoma, and I loved once I committed to being telling the story in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I knew then I could just kind of go wild with all the mm-hmm. weird stuff that Oklahoma has. Oklahoma is <laughs> a weird state, and it's just which I love about it. You know, it's, yeah. I, I went back right before, <laughs> like literally March, 2020, and then, and then the world stopped a week later. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just, it's, um, it was really helpful for me in terms of knowing what to say, knowing how to do these descriptions and also giving, shedding some light on Oklahoma Mm -hmm. that isn't what most people perceive. I think most people have this idea. Some of it is valid, but um, of what it is. And it's a lot more than that. And there's a, just a real, there's a variety of points of view that isn't always expressed in the media and mm-hmm. the people. And, and I just, you know, I, I like how quirky the people are. The people mm-hmm. are really fun there. And that's, that's what I want to do. I, I love it. I love it. So this is really your debut, even though you've done a ton of writing <laughs> up until this point. <laughs> so yeah. is fiction something you'd always wanted to do? Was it kind of out of the blue? No, this was always what I wanted. I have been writing before I could write. I drew pictures, and then I once I realized what words were and how to put them into a sentence, and then a paragraph, and then a story. I started writing in spiral notebooks, and then when I turned ten, my parents um, got me a typewriter. <laughs> ah, yep. They're like, "This is what we did not grow up rich, so it was like you got a typewriter." Yeah. And then from there, I I I don't know exactly when. In my youth, in my youth, that I knew I wanted to be a, a screenplay writer or a novelist or a writer of some nature. It just kind of always was something that was there, which is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. You know, in the sense that I really didn't have any other options. Like it's I every time I try to go off the path, 
into something else, which I, you know, changed my major in college and I was miserable. Okay. So then I come out here and then for a while I try to do something else. I'm miserable. I can't get away. Finally, I was like, all right, I guess I just got to do this writing thing. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be miserable. And, you know, in college, I got my degree in, in writing from, uh, I think it's the Gaylord School of Journalism. I don't know if that's still what it is mm. at the University of Oklahoma. Um, and moved to Los Angeles uh, with the plan of learning screenplay writing and then worked in film development for years. Then, um, uh, so I came out here to the wonderful world of Los Angeles. I got a degree. My plan was originally to try to establish residence and then I was going to go to UCLA and then go get all the the degree in screenwriting. And then I, but I got a degree in film development. I realized, wait a minute, (laughs) this is the job I would get if I just did all that other stuff, got a lot of student debt and then came out to get this exact job. So that's kind of how it worked is I just started working the the film development world and I sold a couple of screenplays while I was a film development executive. Like one time I had, here's a story. Um, we, as a, as a young baby uh, executive, we had a very well-established writer turn in a screenplay that we had hired him and given him a lot of money to do a <laughs> rewrite on. And he proceeded to do none of our notes. And we were, he did turn it in a month early and I was so upset. My, so was my, my um, executive right above me. I said to her, she knew I wrote and I said, I could rewrite this. Mm-hmm. So she was like, don't tell anyone to do it. And so I did it <laughs> and on the fly, and then it was better. <laughs> so <laughs> we ended up not doing it because it, it was going to be a hundred million dollar movie. Oh. So, you know, it was all set on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> but um I learned a lot about F-16s and F-14s. Like right? I, I would never have otherwise known. But that was sort of helped me establish myself as in, and realize that I could genuinely write something and people laugh me out of the room. And then from there, it was, you know, I kind of reached a point after I sold the second screenplay to my company um, that I was like, I've got to figure this out. I'm either going to go to the film development world, which I'm not really well suited for, um, the story wise, right? Yes, but not the part where I have to like schmooze people. That's not my forte. And so I left film development. I got a job working for uh, an economic think tank. And uh, it was just about as far from that world. <laughs> and, um, and I worked there for several years. They were wonderful people. They were so supportive. And I was, I, I'm just grateful for my time there because it really gave me the opportunity to land safely mm. um, from a financial standpoint and securely kind of build up my writing world. And then I basically got a call from a friend of mine who had read my scripts and asked me if I could write a Hallmark movie. And I said, yes. And then, and then the first one was a success out of the gate, which I was just so lucky about. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's kind of, it's funny. It was in 20, it aired in 2013. It was called Snow Bride. And I was very fortunate. I just kind of got in at the right time and mm-hmm. held on and have been going ever since. So oh, yeah, that's crazy. And so now you're transitioning to fiction as well. I'm assuming you're adding it on because you seem to be able to have a lot on your plate at the same time. <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, you better hope I don't fall in love and get married. And, you know, it's, like, it's just anytime soon. Yes, I'm definitely writing, still writing Hallmark movies. I'm, um, but when I'm writing um, the novel, it is the only thing on my plate. That mm-hmm. is something I have to make sure because I can't really split mm-hmm. um, energy of my how I approach the because the energy when writing the novel is very different for me and just internally about how oh, than sure. I do for the the screenplay and in particular the Hallmark screenplay. 
so there were a lot of fun holiday traditions featured in So This Is Christmas. There was a Christmas parade and cookie baking and looking at Christmas lights. But what is your favorite holiday tradition? My favorite holiday tradition is um, after you decorate the Christmas tree and you have a fire in the fireplace and it's usually the evening, um, turning off the lights and key, or turning them down, sitting on the sofa and just looking at the tree and usually mm-hmm. um, holding like a cup of tea or, or a glass of wine and just kind of like trying to be present in the moment mm-hmm. of like, this is a great moment. So that is my favorite thing to do at Christmas. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to get my tree up. <laughs> I'm under a ban. No, no Christmas stuff before they after, after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's the question. It's like, I know. Do you, when do you put it up? Because you know, it's a question. I did cheat this year though, because I on the side I'm a photographer and I had a client who wanted some Christmas photos taken of her book. And so I was like, you know what? This is a great chance for me to pull out my Christmas tree. Well, one of my Christmas trees. Really, I'm a big fan. Christmas trees? I do. We get a real one in the mountains, and then I have a fake one for the kitchen because I just can't be in a room without a Christmas tree. <laughs> now you really are a Hallmark Christmas. I told you. I told you. We're just talking about um, in, in a Kiss Before Christmas, which just aired with uh, James Dean and Terry Hatcher, oh, and it's on my Terry- watch list. <laughs> I have to say that might be one of my favorites of, 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 uh, that I've ever been involved with. I I love that one. Oh, yeah. And Terry Hatcher's first experience with doing a Hallmark Christmas movie. So she wasn't quite aware. She was like, I think I was the last person to know about this Hallmark Christmas world, you know, because oh, wow. <laughs> like, there's a Christmas in every, every room. room. <laughs> like, what? Like, we're supposed to be this this family that's struggling financially. And we have four Christmas trees. <laughs> oh, I know. Every time I watch them, I'm just like surprised, especially when it's just like a random, like a community center or something. And there's like five wreaths and like three trees. <laughs> You'll see that in this, in Chris, uh, Kiss Before Christmas, but like, we've got to save the financially struggling youth center. I'm like, well, if you sold half of those Christmas decorations. <laughs> you know, like, I know, but it wouldn't be a Hallmark movie without it, right? <laughs> just not be. <laughs> so, okay. I got to ask the question then, are you a before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving Christmas decorator? This is where I'm going to shock you. I don't decorate for Christmas. <gasps> oh no. I'm not in my own place. Um, because of the cats that keep coming. <laughs> I do sometimes put a wreath on the door if I remember, but I'm typically writing so much mm-hmm. that um, I, and I live the world of Christmas 24 seven that when it comes to Christmas time, I'm like, yeah, you again. Hi. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really decorate as much as I should. And I, you know, I might put out a Santa something, but I love to go to my family's homes mm-hmm. to do the decoration and then leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to clean it up, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> like, so, but if I were, if I were to have like, you know, the whole Christmas thing, I would probably do it the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's usually when we do it too. Yeah. Well, I say we, it's me. I do it all. <laughs> Both sides of your personality go. Yeah. <laughs> me, myself, and I. Well, I'm an only child, so I got used to referring to myself as myself and my imaginary friends, but <laughs> that's too much information. Yeah. <laughs> a darker podcast. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, what's happening? We need the creepy music to come in. 
Well, Christmas is a busy time. It sounds like it's busy for you all the time. Um, But speaking of writing during Christmas or the holidays, uh, it sounds like you just kind of push on through and keep writing. Is there anything that you do differently during the holidays um, with like organization or anything different with your writing or pretty much the same? It's the same in terms of, of, of organizing. It's Mm -hmm. a little, I get a little more done because I have fewer people contacting me. Yeah. Um, I, I have a little bit of ADD is what I'm realizing as an adult many years later and that I can't really get, and I wish this was not the case. I can't really start zooming on my writing until about 6 PM. And then I get going at nine from 9 PM until about 2 AM. I wish that was not the case. Boy, (laughs) I have tried so hard not to to have that, but that is when my body goes into the zone. Mm -hmm. And I did this thing where I've started making candles because I was blowing through so many on my own. Um, And I have light my candles and I have my cups of tea Mm -hmm. and I put on my Bose noise canceling headphones and I listen to music that tends to be repetitive. Mm. And sort of, you know, just something I'm like, it's not going to jolt me out. So I'm sort of paid attention to the song. And that's how I I write. And it's easier during Christmas, Mm -hmm. just in that sense, because again, uh, people are off living their lives and I'm clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) You're living in your mind. (laughs) Yeah, I live a lot in my head. My my best friend is like, you know, you have a lot of time in your head. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's great. And I think you kind of already answered this question, but before we head to the lightning round, we love to know what's up next for you. Yes. Um, well it's, so this is love, um, the sequel and, um, and with, you're not at the end, so I won't tell you that it goes from picks up almost right after okay. the end of the book and, um, and follows their, their adventures to the next location, not as cozy. Um, and it's a different kind of feel to it. And, then I'm also doing, I think at this, I was trying to think about this before we, we talked, I think I'm doing three set right now screenplays that I have contracts for that I'm going to for sure do. But I've also talking about having some other stuff. I mean, that's the good news about when you're working so closely with the network, they they call you up and say, mm-hmm. hey, do a quick rewrite or, hey, what's what you got? You know, that kind of thing. I'm incredibly grateful. So yeah. that, that's what's next. Awesome. All right. This is also for me because I'm curious. How long does it take you to write a screenplay? <laughs> Depends on the deadline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the I'll tell you the shortest I've ever done, which just about killed me. I was doing a um, a pretty substantial rewrite. I did not get screen credit for it. It was for um, Christmas Town, mm-hmm. and I got it on Friday, and I had to turn it in on Sunday night. Ooh. And oh, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I. I didn't turn the whole thing. It's nine acts. I turned in eight acts and then finished on Monday morning and handed in the ninth act on Monday morning. And then I fell asleep on the sofa. <laughs> and just, like three days? Like, <laughs> no, because then they had to call me back that evening with notes. So that was really intense. The, the typical time for a rewrite is about two weeks. Okay. Um, for a, a, an original, um, when, from the time I start to the time I end is usually about a month. Okay. Thanks. I'm okay. just curious. <laughs> okay. Moving into the lightning round. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> we really need a sound effect for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like some bells are ringing or something. Or, yes, something. <laughs> or like thunder. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Thunder rolls. laughs> what so, is your favorite holiday movie? 
So my favorite holiday movie is uh, really boring for anyone, but it is, it's a wonderful life. I had oh. to know, like, it is, it's just, it mm-hmm. makes me warm, my little hot. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What is your favorite holiday song? Again, boring, but it is um, All I Want for Christmas with Mariah Carey. Uh, yes. I, just, <laughs> I, used to say, I used to say it's um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas sung by Judy Garland in uh, the Meet Me in St. Louis because I love the, the way she does it and the fact yeah. that it's actually the saddest song in the world. Yeah. But then I realized, no, it's really Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your favorite holiday baked good? Um, it is a spiced ginger loaf with an, a, a sugar glaze with like, mm. you know, um, kind of just like the whole cloves and cinnamon mm-hmm. and that whole thing, you know, that sounds good. That. So would you rather be out traveling the world over Christmas, like Arthur and his aunt, or would you like staying home for the holidays? You know, I, I it's, I can't do just, you know, if I think if I did traveling the world one year, I'd want to be home the next, if yeah. that makes sense. So I don't think I can only just do one. Um, but I would love to go to Ireland for or Austria for Christmas one year. That is a you know bucket list experience. Mm-hmm. I Take me with you. I'll go. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. We promise we're fun. <laughs> Let's go travel it. Oh, I love it. What is your favorite holiday book? So this is the one that I told you, I was like, I thought it was going to be this one, but it, I realized it was not. Uh, my favorite holiday book is Agatha Christie's A Holiday for Murder. Ooh. And it is, if you, have you seen Knives Out? The, the, yes. Brian, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically I'm convinced he read this book and got the inspiration, you know, jettison the Christmas part of it, but it is your prototypical family in the, in the big, beautiful home, yeah. everyone's got problems. Nobody really likes each other. Dad died. Who did it? And, but it's set at Christmas with Hercule Pio. And I loved, loved, loved reading that as a kid. And I've reread it a couple of times. And it's mm. just, I just was one of those things. I was like, if I had to ask, I was like, it's, it's probably that one. Wow. That's good. I have not read that. So adding it to the list. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not a liter- great literary achievement, but it's just one of those things. I'm like, if you want to know what a, a what the precursor for the cozy mysteries is. Yeah. There you go. You know? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been so fun <laughs> learning all about thank all you. about you and your books. It, well, your well, yeah, both books. Yeah. Uh, even though the second one is not out yet, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of, where can people interact with you online, and where can they find your book? Sure. Well, they can find the book anywhere. It, the The good news is, um, it is everywhere. It's in you know either <laughs> online at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of the the normal places that you can. If you go to Penguin Random House's uh, website, they can link you to wherever you want to go. Or if you prefer to be a normal book shopper and go into a bookstore, <laughs> which I love, yes, um, even though they seem to be disappearing everywhere. Um, I they should be in most bookstores at this point. I've had friends sending me pictures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, awesome. And then interacting with you online is that I know you have got an Instagram page. I do, um, but mainly I think I've either had people tag me on Instagram, but I do better in terms of online interaction on, um, Twitter. Oh, okay. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll have all those things linked below in the show notes. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great holiday. Thank you. You too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening 
listening to Exploring the Blank Page. If you're enjoying the show, we have a quick favor to ask. If you haven't yet hit the subscribe button and left a rating and review on iTunes, please take a moment to do so. We love reading your reviews and it helps keep the algorithms happy so new listeners can find the podcast as well. You can find us online at exploringtheblankpage.com and on Instagram at exploringtheblankpagepodcast. Until next time, get creative exploring the possibility of your blank page.